Thank you for tuning into Sochcast. We hope you enjoy this uninterrupted listening experience. But before that, please do listen to these messages that come from those that support your favorite show. Hello everyone, you're listening to Reality by Rhea. I know that it has been a while since we have recorded any legal podcast, but just so you know, it was worth the wait. Because today my guest is a Supreme Court advocate who would be talking about his journey. So without much further ado, let's welcome Mr. Nipun Saxena. Hello sir, how are you? I'm good, Rhea. How are you? I'm good, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure, absolutely. Thank you. So, sir, my very first question would be: When did you decide to become an advocate? Well, I think I happen to be one of those uh, individuals who knew from day one what they wanted to do as soon as they stepped into the law school. Right. So, I won't be one of those. Uh, people who would claim that law happened to them by accident law did not happen to me by accident although of course knowing about law colleges happened to me by accident purely because i was a science student i was preparing to take my iit examinations without any interest in the subject because my interest uh, was uh, in gk in english literature and uh, having seen a couple of uh, civil servants in and around friends and family circle i was sure that i did not want to become a civil service officer and therefore uh, i was more inclined towards this new concept of national law schools that had come up and, you know we had a centralized uh, uh, common law admission test back then and uh, although i did secure a good rank but i wanted to get into a college which was fairly new and so i decided to take my gamble with national university delhi and it has been a fantastic journey uh, thus far so uh, law to me uh, happened by choice and not by chance as soon as i stepped into the law school i had interest in all those subjects which drew me further into litigation so i was while i was interested in corporate law i was interested in the litigating side of corporate law and not the side let's say which deals with mergers acquisitions or you know, compliances uh, that to my mind could never interest me perhaps i thought i was a misfit in that uh, sense of the term uh, but uh, topics like civil procedure criminal procedure constitution intrigued me a lot i think it's also important to mention that uh, very early on we got a hands on experience with clinical trials uh, in in my very first in fact in my second semester uh, we got associated with a project called tihar uh, prison advocacy project and this was one of its own kind because for the very first time it was students who were moving applications under a particular provision of the advocates act which exempts Uh, in in fact which which enables any person who is not yet registered an advocate to take the prior permission of the court to address right in matters which are not theirs to argue right so you don't have to appear as a party in person but you are appearing as a as an assistant to somebody who has not been given uh, legal uh, redress thus far 
and uh, coupled with the fact that we saw from very close quarters the functioning of district legal services authority and the commitment which is made under article 39a right that uh, it would be access to justice will be free and available to everybody but that notion is seldom manifested in reality and that's the sad part and i think in very very early semesters we got to know that if we have to secure that justice i think we must take charge and therefore while assisting our councils from legal services authority many a times we moved applications to allow us to the judges and and we must give it to the uh, enable us uh, to canvas our submissions and in so many cases we were able to secure relief for the clients who were of course languishing as under trials in in prisons you know ria it would be interesting at uh, somebody i distinctly remember in my second year while we were uh, continuing with the project person was languishing in prison for a steel rod that he had stolen which was not even worth 100 bucks and that man was in prison for about two and a half years right as an undercard because he could not get adequate effective representation in courts and i think that was the biggest driving factor which at least in my case uh, you know it it the the dice was cast on that when we decided to take up that part but this is what we want to post Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. So my next question is related to that. That um, do you think that um, the judicial processes in India are cumbersome? I think cumbersome would be an understatement. It's painfully slow, and uh, as of course, I mean, as people who are part of the justice delivery or justice dispensing system we understand why it is slow it is not to say that we don't understand it's also because of all the rights which are available to let's say an accused in a criminal trial or to both parties on the civil side that it becomes uh, that compass say for instance if a very vital witness is left unexamined despite you making applications after applications to ensure that this particular person takes the stand because he is that particular witness who can uh, dispel all criminal charges which are filed against you and you want that person to be examined as dw1 now if you do not get an opportunity for that person to be examined then as an accused of course it's your right to move before superior court for redress and to that extent i think the trial cannot proceed or even if it does proceed the person must be examined even if it's at the very fag end of the trial but that right to be examined is very very wide and therefore and it does not matter whether the person is a terrorist in the eyes of law or whether the person is accused of a heinous offense the person still enjoys that presumption of innocence and therefore rule of law would postulate that his witness be so i understand that all of that can take years and years altogether but this is necessary however on the other hand is the same uh, i think i also think that there is a need to revisit the way our procedural rules are done so while in heinous crimes or in cases which are very grave and very serious charges all possible latitude must be 
afforded to both prosecution, the victim, as well as the accused. In all those cases, let's say where the maximum imprisonment term is under three years or, you know, uh, below five years and, or below seven years. In those cases, I think certain procedural quagmires could be taken care of so that it becomes easy, affordable to uh, get a speedy justice. On the civil side, however, uh, there is a problem because what happens is, let's say, uh, in in terms of adjournments, I think there's a very uh, order, a very beautiful order which has been passed by the Supreme Court very recently, where the Supreme Court has said that, let's say, a person uh, who does not accept summons which are being executed on the person, somebody who deliberately refuses, must not be shown no quarter and therefore under order uh, 9 rule 13 of CPC he can be proceeded ex parte and therefore his application to be uh, heard or to be arrayed back as as a party must be rejected where the person himself being the cause for that and I think that would uh, streamline the process in a, in, a, in, a, in a great manner. In those cases where adjournments are being sought as a matter of routine, though that, that practice must be severely deprecated. Right? So I think, I think the onus is not entirely on the legislature, the onus is equally on us as lawyers, the parties, as well as the court, to ensure that the wheels of justice move, move smoothly. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. So, sir, when it comes to law, uh, there is a cutthroat competition in the news. And uh, there are people who um, uh, choose private colleges because uh, they are unable to get into NLU. So, do you think that their um, future prospects as becoming a successful lawyer is somehow equal to those who are NLU graduates? Yeah, I think uh, it is very, very important to witness the trend which uh, is being noticed now, amongst recruiters at least. That if you have a tag of national universities uh, behind you, and uh, naturally it gives them an easy access for the first recruit, for the first recruit. But that will not necessarily take away the prospects of any other candidate who hails from a non-NLU background. I have seen so many colleagues of mine, so many seniors as well as so many uh, juniors in the profession who are doing so well and who don't hail from uh, a so-called NLU tag. And they are all doing very well. What is required in this profession? Or let me also give you the converse. Today, if somebody walks into any of our offices from those graduates who are from national law schools, nobody asks us which degree we have or which law school did we graduate from. All that matters is whether you are able to perform, whether you are able to do justice to your brief, and whether you are able to manage your client's expectations within the confines of law. If you can do all three things, then sky's the limit. And I think that is true across any profession. If you are reasonably smart and unreasonably diligent, and unreasonably in the sense, not in the negative con- context to it, but you know, if you are willing to go down that path, take that extra path. And I think sky is the limit. And that is a mantra which applies to both 
students graduating from national law schools or from other law like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store something that you love the most about your job oh <laughs> well there are so many things that i do love about uh, what i do one of which and i mean uh, most importantly is to see that uh, you know that that sense of smile and gratitude on a client when they win a right because what usually happens and that's very true for supreme court at least is that a person whoever be the client as uh, has done whatever that person could do to approach them. many a times you have come across people who have taken loans to contest litigation we have seen people who have sold off all their belongings just to get their name cleared or people who have done whatever it is that they could do mark their own prospects just to have their day in the court and when that day arrives and you are able to do justice to their expectation i think that smile on their face is priceless that's greater than any award any recognition any designation whatsoever but i think a close second would be an interest in the subject the ability to learn new subjects the ability to practice law itself is is very noble i think it's it's very it's 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 a thing which brings you honor it makes you feel that you have done in your little way something towards the society and i think that sense of personal accomplishment is is a close second like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store experience in law what is uh, the most interesting case that you fought or that somehow impacted you well uh i think i think the most interesting case that would come to my mind would be the pil on the delhi gangway which still happens to be very close because we could see the obvious lacuna in the laws that exist imagine a situation where although the law stipulates that a person who is a victim of an offense would be accorded say some sort of rehabilitative assistance or a financial assistance so as to enable that person to contest the case in case of an injury to get hospitalized and bear the medical expenses in case of death the dependents could have the money so that they can then carry forward the litigation on their behalf because we know that litigation is not the most uh it's it it cannot possibly be afforded by a man or a woman of limited means and i think that right and that entitlement was being denied to them consistently so when we filed that petition before the honorable supreme court of india we brought it out to their notice that despite the law being ex- in existence on the statute book very little was being done towards it. and therefore the honorable supreme court of india came out with a scheme and uh, so many people have taken the benefit of that scheme to get 
proper medical care at very low cost uh, you know counseling psych, uh, psychiatric or otherwise right hand holding throughout the entire process of trial through one stop crisis center where the notion that they have to run from pillar to post was transformed into one where justice comes to their doorstep i think that in itself has changed a lot of lives and i don't even know how many lives it has transformed but the fact that we were instrumental in some small way in ensuring that this is in fact done uh, goes a long way i think so uh, to me that would be my most interesting case that i have like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store Uh, uh while pursuing our dreams we often make mistakes and what are your major career mistakes which you wished you amended well the first one would certainly be that i wish i was not as headstrong back in law school uh with me the problem was that since i think people would look at it as a quality i would look at it as something which is you know which which one must not have just to say that i never explored any of the other options i was very straight you know that uh, you know the, those uh, things in mahabharat that they used to say wo aag dikhti thi chidiya ke right it's it's exactly that so i never had the chance or the opportunity to explore any other avenue i would always exhort colleagues to look and examine whether this profession is in fact made for you fortunately it this gamble of mine played out well but i have come across many colleagues both at bar and with almost 10 to 12 years of practice who are very unhappy doing this and i understand it's not all you know uh, glories there's a lot of front work there are many a times that you have to see that while you are setting up your own practice you also are the clerk you are the defect curing person you are the guy who does the photo uh, copies you are the guy who gets the scanning done you are the guy who also has to manage client's expectations and and after all of these roles that you have discharged successfully or otherwise you also have to draft file and argue your case right so somebody has to be able to take that step without any other expectations which are extraneous you don't enter into this profession with the motive of making money because if that is the motivation and that is the predominant motivation then that will eclipse every other thing and unfortunately law must not be perceived as a business although i belong to that traditional school of thought but i have come across many individuals who perceive it to be so and therefore uh, their primary motivation lies else in litigation you have to give that much gestation period and so for anybody who is willing to take up litigation as a career profession uh you must be alive to these uh, reality if you cast them aside and if you are doing good then you don't have to worry about anything you know your professional satisfaction or even money for that matter because genuinely there is a dearth of very good law in this country unfortunate as it is there is that dearth Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store.
important it is for uh, a law student to have practical skills and how can one have that i think this and medicine are the only two professions where you are learning on the job so i have a person a personal aversion to the term expertise in a particular subject because we are practicing a subject every new case would have its own unique challenge every new case irrespective of whether it canvasses an identical principle of law that you have argued or not will throw open new avenues of learning right and i think it's therefore it's marvelous to be part of a profession where you are earning to practice it right therefore the word practice comes up because it's not like you know it all anybody who approaches this profession with a know it all attitude i am i don't know whether how far they have gone ahead with it but in my little understanding of this profession i think it is so dynamic it is so unique that you have to keep on learning now for those people who want to see what exactly it is that they should learn i think they must put a decent amount of time towards acquiring understanding of procedural law substantive law will come to you because you are being trained in the class but procedure is something that you will learn both inside classrooms and and to a considerable degree your learning curve will go steeper as you embark upon your internship so i think your internships are very very important to get an understanding a holistic understanding of procedural right second most important thing is draft i cannot stress this any more your drafting skills have to be on point you must know what is to be there in a particular draft at what fora it has to be placed and before a particular court let's say a superior court or or a court where a trial is carrying out what is the difference between your pleading step and i think that practice and procedure is something which is which is very very important and very crucial for a student of law to grasp right i can't say that we all know it all being in the profession we are also learning but it doesn't hurt anybody to learn it earlier on the earlier that you get these skills the better it is for you as a professional and you would have an edge over all the other right so let's say when i was in my first year as by virtue of the tihar prison advocacy program we knew how to draft bail applications we already knew how to uh, draft all those uh, applications in which any entry order is being sought by the time we were in our third year uh, we already knew how to draft writ petitions and specialty petitions by the time we were in our fifth year we already had our clients who were willing and waiting for us to graduate so that we can then as advocates file their cases and start up so if you have a career trajectory planned in this direction then actually anybody can make it thank you so much sir for joining the session It was really informative, and I got to learn so many things from you. Thank you once again. Thank you, Ria. Thank you so much for having me here. It's such a pleasure. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this Sochcast. What is your Soch? Send us your comments on our Facebook page and Instagram page. It's time for you to do 
योर ओन सोचकास्ट एट सोचकास्ट अपनी सोच दुनिया को सुनाओ सोचकास्ट